What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my gosh, I heard like the worst sound out, outside of my window earlier. I hear a growl, a yelp, and then a kid starts screaming. Oh dear. And I was like, what happened? I looked out, I thought a kid got bit by a dog, but the dog... Someone just... tried to take Phoebe's Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's really funny. Okay. I'll tell you <laughs> Welcome to the Crunchy LA podcast uh, that got married last week. It's your boy Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Because we know that no other podcasters are getting married. No other podcasters are getting married. All it's other podcasts are engaged in licentiousness, adultery, orgies, and the like. And the like. Is that St. Paul? Seems yeah, like something St. Paul. Galatians, I think. Those Galatians are reading Corinthians today, and he was like, "You guys best not be hanging out with fornicators." Yeah, it's, like three, not, it's three not times. a good it's idea. Like, Saint Paul, you really got to. Apparently, he had to say it. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't have to say it. You know. I know. Man. Anyway, um, welcome back to the regular show. Uh, I haven't listened to the episode that you and Phoebe uploaded yet. Because have you uploaded it, it hasn't, yet? It hasn't been uploaded <laughs> <Okay>. yet. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, um, the only podcast that starts recording another episode before the other one is the edited and episode. uploaded. Yeah, that's kind of what we had to do. It was a crazy, a crazy week for everybody. This is the first podcast back. My first podcast as a married man. Uh, it's feeling pretty good. It's Patrick. Great. You were you were here in my house, just, but a week ago. I was. It's so crazy to. You know, see what's behind you all this time and then mm-hmm. be there and then mm-hmm. now be back. And I go, I know what's to your right. I know it's to your left. It's a garage it's like, and a prayer space. It's like going on set of your favorite television program. <laughs> you know, it's like, you yeah. know what what's behind Gunther's counter now. Yeah, right. It's crazy. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's There's nothing back there. He doesn't keep anything. But we, we talked about this on, on the Phoebe episode. But oh, really? Yeah. The. um. Feel free to just repeat anything that you said about my wedding on Phoebe's episode, just right now. We didn't we didn't talk too much about the wedding because I knew that we would talk about it. Gotcha. Um, I've told the story of the last song that was played several times in the course of the past <laughs> week. 
Really? I, your poor, your poor DJ. Uh, oh, yeah. Last song, and he, he plays. Did a great job. He plays "Don't Stop Believing," and I think he, I think he realized like halfway through the song that no one was hyped to hear "Don't Stop Believing." Um, yeah. Because we because we because we're not forty years old. Yeah, and so yeah. We were he like, was great. I don't want to make that sound like my DJ was bad. The DJ did a great job. He's he a did of a ours. really great he's, job. He's so good. But you know, "Don't Stop Believing" is a classic end of dance song. Mm-hmm. But that's why we were all like, oh, "Okay, fine." Yeah. You know, but then like, everyone right. starts chanting one more song, and oh my gosh, he knew exactly what to do. That mm-hmm. boy, he played, he played "Mr. Brightside" by the Killers, and mm-hmm. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I don't know what came over most of the men. I don't know what that. came over any of us. My glasses almost got knocked off halfway through, and I, I had lost to take like, all a... of the the cufflinks and buttons from my top. <laughs> like all of them were ripped out of my shirt. My shirt was hanging open by the end of that song. <laughs> it was so great. I I look. I had to take a step back and I looked around, um, at all of our wives, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just holding babies, like looking yep. at each other, like, yes, what beautiful. is happening? What's happening? Someone what screams. Someone screams, "Lift him up!" And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Ethan's like being thrown in the air, and Emma's like, "No, stop! <laughs> Don't hurt him!" <laughs> uh, it was We're just amazing. not singing, just screaming the words, just yes. punching and each was- other. <laughs> We were literally just punching each other. Like there was, it was so funny because it started playing. You know how it goes, like and everyone's like, "Oh, it's Mr. Brightside by the Killers," and all the women and the boys come on. And uh, within the first fifteen seconds, all of the ladies that had entered the dance floor immediately left because all that followed was just Patrick a Tolls bunch threw of... a punch, and then we were all like, "Let's go!" <laughs> exactly. Patrick Tolls and Alec Molly started shoving people, and it was it was game over from that point on. And we just for for the entire three minutes of that song, it was just a mosh pit if at the end song, of my wedding, like a genuine mosh pit. If that song, first of all, I, I expected your wedding to end no other way did I expect yeah, your your, that's your wedding reception. Yeah. Uh, but if that song had had one more verse in it, I might have unironically had a heart attack. Like I, I, <laughs> I could have died. I I I was so like, huh. Maybe I need to 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 swim more because I was like so <laughs> out of breath and my heart yeah. was like trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. It's just congealed in in fat, I guess, and it's just yeah. like working real hard to keep oxygen flowing to the rest of my body. And I was like, oh goodness, oh gosh. God, that was so but funny. I was so hyped on adrenaline, I was just mm-hmm. like, uh, Phoebe, you're gonna need to go get the car because I can't. Once drive. something about <laughs> I understand why people like do what they do, you know, at at at. Uh, five iron frenzy shows sure you know yeah i just i picked i picked a, a metal sounding band i don't know i think they're ska i think they could be but um i understand why because there was just so much energy oh yeah and testosterone <laughs> in that circle and that was that was just the last song i mean people danced for like the whole time yeah there was like three straight hours of just there was not oh, a dry forehead in the house there was not there were uh, at a certain point Emma always remembers she was she said multiple times she said as soon as the Cupid Shuffle came on everybody was out there oh yeah and I was I was talking to someone during the Cupid Shuffle because I hate the Cupid Shuffle yeah it's I recognize its ability to be a floor filler I I, but I I hate dancing to the Cupid Shuffle so I I was talking to somebody and I just turned around and I looked and I saw I didn't see a bunch of people dancing I saw a, a mass of flesh moving in rhythm and I was like, this is exactly what needed to happen. Fine, Cupid amazing. Shuffle. Fine. Fine. You win. <laughs> you win this round. Because it was, it was literally like I, it was shocking. Like I turned around. I was just, where did all those people come from? 
I mean, they were here the whole time, but how'd they all get over there? It, it, yeah. it, it's, it, it does, it does, uh, there is, hmm, there is freedom in discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and I guess there is creativity in the monotony of a line dance. That's fair. Um, particularly such a, a benign line dance as the Cupid the Shuffle. Cupid Shuffle. Um, I, I, I have to say, line dances where they tell you what to do are, like, not fun. But, no, no. Um, yeah, like, the electric slide, honestly, The electric slide similarly monotonous, but slaps. It really does, because yes. you got to move it. It's electric, you know? And I remember as a kid... I wanted our first dance song to be the electric slide, and Emma said no. Can you imagine a slow dance? to the electric slide everybody Ethan, watching so hyped Ethan, up to this moment a whole day of the wedding so funny a whole day of the wedding it was like we're gonna do the, now we're gonna do the first dance Ethan oh and my god go and we just start and the first word it's electric <laughs> you're just slow dancing <laughs> i pushed so hard for it but it i don't not, know it, it what would be funnier slow dancing to the electric slide as your first dance or mm-hmm. actually doing you're the doing electric, electric slide, slide and not yeah. letting anyone else join mm-hmm. in <laughs> like mm-hmm. no one else can go for the whole five minute song just us oh that'd be great i remember as a kid not liking the electric slide because it absolutely confounded me i was like yes. how do you people how all know? You know yes did you go to class did i would you learn did you something? all did you all like i looked up in in wonderment i was like how did i didn't get the choreography notes what are you people mm-hmm. doing how are you mm-hmm. all doing this it was it was wild to me yeah. i couldn't i couldn't comprehend it my little my little brain could not comprehend yes. it no i remember being in that exact position but i mean the dance was amazing there i jumped up on a on a countertop and danced against the wall at one point. Yeah, that um, was great. I don't. I, I didn't got, get that. I didn't understand you, that at all. That was that was fun. There's this tradition in in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it made it to my wedding. I guess someone must have requested this song because I certainly didn't put it on any playlists. Um, but maybe it was it was the DJ who played it because there's just a bunch of Oklahoma State like students or missionaries or whatever. There's just like certain remix of a certain dance song that everybody goes and like finds a part, a place a on the wall, wall <laughs> and just dances towards the wall until yeah. like halfway through the song and everybody turns around and comes back into the middle again. I'm glad but it was halfway that, through the song. Cause I was like, yeah. is this going to go, is this forever? Is this because everybody, now? everybody who had never seen it before was looking around. They're like, this is the wildest thing. Like everybody <laughs> all throughout the whole room. Cause at least even if you didn't go to Oklahoma state, if you're involved in focus somewhat, you've seen someone do this at some point at yeah. some party, sure. you know, it's like, it's happened somewhere. And so there were plenty of people that were familiar with it, but plenty of people like my uh, like aunts and uncles going that were on. like, what is happening? <laughs> or at least you're familiar with the idea of an inside joke at a dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone here, I was like, I'm getting a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sensing insideness, but yeah. I don't get it. So I'm not going to partake. Yeah. No, I thought <laughs> it was, I thought it was good. Uh, reception was amazing. The mass was beautiful. That's right. We've only talked about. <laughs> want to talk about the wedding? Hey, remember that one time we all drank and danced a lot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cried a couple times during Did the you? mass. I'm not gonna. What made uh, you cry? Okay. Uh, when top I, ten. Top ten moments Patrick cried at my wedding on Watch Mojo. On Watch Mojo. Check well, the big old, the big old. Um, 
Uh, of course, the the whole the whole bride reveal thing that was great. You know, when yeah. you were like looking and you were like smiling, and I was like, "That's my I boy. Was He's so happy. Yeah. It's great." Yeah, I was pretty happy. Um, when uh, JP ran to <laughs> to Josh. <laughs> JP does stand for John Paul. John for Paul. Those of yeah. You that are listening. It, uh, I almost he, cried at that moment too because he's just a beautiful little boy. And then after the wedding, I was talking to Carly, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and we were talking about like parenthood and understanding the father's love. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, people always talk about, you know, oh, like, I, I really knew the father's love when I looked at my son for the first time and I loved him. And I was like, oh, this must be how God loves me. And and she was like, yeah, no, it's like uh, you see that love of a child for their father. And it's like such a pure love that, like, mm-hmm. nothing could ever tarnish. And it's like, no, that's the love of the father for you. It's yes. a weird paradox. And I was like, OK, retro retroactively, that made me cry. Um, yes. And then what happened was John Paul, who's the ring bearer and he's two years old and he was trying to walk down the aisle of the church and his mm-hmm. mom had like dropped him off <laughs> and his dad was <laughs> at the end because Josh was my best man. And uh, he, he made it like a fourth of the way and they started crying. And then Josh walked up and goes, John Paul. And then he just sees his dad, his face lights up and he just starts booking it booking as it. fast as his little legs can carry him. And everyone, oh, and yeah, it, was, it, was it was so nice. cute. It so was really cute. cute. Yeah. I loved that. And then the homily was great. I oh, Father Gale crushed it. I he quoted that. the crunch in the homily. And I, I made a joke about it later. And I was like, this is, is that- a sacramental podcast now, baby. I know. I was like, I was like, it, since we're quoted in a homily, does that make our podcast like super special? And he was like, yeah, I quote you guys all the time. And I was like, I don't know if you're joking, but I feel like you're not. It was an honor. Yeah. He would never tell me that. So I'm glad that you told me. <laughs> and uh, that was another <clears throat> time. And then um, what happened during the psalm? <laughs> During Do you want to talk about that? The psalm? Oh. Uh, I just remember being really confused and then looking yeah. at you guys, and you guys looked really confused. And we I was like, well, if confused. they're confused. We we requested Psalm 91, and it just so happens that the version of Psalm 91 that they chose for the responsorial psalm is the the hymn on eagle's wings. And so. Gotcha. Th- yeah. It was not like something that we didn't choose, but it's not something that we chose. Yeah, it worked out. It was perfect. It, it was, was fine. it was fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We talked about why it worked out later. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand. I didn't know that was Psalm ninety one. That was yes. my. That was my yeah, yeah. my my fault. I was like, did yeah. they mix up like? Did they mix up like a hymn that's supposed to? I be was sung just later? so confused because I was like, she's. Oh, she's. Oh, we're just singing the song. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, I'm. I'm here. I'm sitting on this weird bench. There's nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> a bench, a bench that, in my in my words, I I described as it looks like it would turn into a butler at the end of Beauty and the Beast. That's what that bench looked like. It was so <laughs> it, fancy. <laughs> it was a very fancy bench that I got to sit on as I was uh, being married. Uh, so that was good. I don't have. I don't actually have ten moments where I. Cried. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I thought maybe you had more. I cried a lot um, when Emma came down, when we turned around, when we sat down, when we stood back up, <laughs> when we did the vows. When we sat back down after the vows, uh, before the Eucharist, after the Eucharist, yeah. I loved to it. Mary. I loved his homily on mm-hmm. on Ephesians. I'm so happy you guys picked that verse, and I'm so hard, happy. Hard that, not to pick Ephesians, man. It's really it's so good. good. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, wonderful. Patrick, you were very helpful throughout the entirety of the weekend. Oh, thank you. It was very wonderful. Um, My pleasure. A very good groomsman, uh, always being of service. Um, it was just... Yeah, the a lot of the graces are very like uh, personal, and I can't really talk about them. But a lot of them are just like people saying, 
the the like the bartender just saying like I've never seen people dance this much at a wedding before. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Or you know, like people coming up to me and saying like really kind things about like Emma's dad's toast. You know, like how they were impacted by yeah by that or, or those those little moments where it seemed as if everybody, whether they were like practicing Catholic missionary or you know all the way down to the, my friends that were there that were not Catholic um, or not Christian at all. Like I had some some of my friends from college who were there who are not who are atheists, and they they told me that said we've been to like five weddings this summer and this is by far the most joyful and like peaceful yeah out of all of them. It's like okay, like even if maybe they didn't have a profound moment of encounter with Jesus at least they recognize that there's something different about this wedding versus the other weddings, you know? And like, who knows what kind of seed that is for, for later. Um, and so that's just, it was, a, and there was just so much reconciliation and people who hadn't seen each other for a long time and mm-hmm. people coming together and, uh, healing wounds and healing just pain. And I had a lot of healing moments just the week leading up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, a lot of my powerful prayer was before in preparation rather than like after, um, and then mostly when I was crying during the wedding, I was crying because I was just so thankful that I was married and I didn't have to prepare for my wedding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Because at that point, it's like whatever happens it's just like, from now oh, on gosh, happens. It's done. It's done. Mail the thing to the courthouse. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was fun. Yeah. I, 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 so I, I do have to say, like, it was the best wedding I've been to besides my own wedding. Shout out. You know, and I'm a little biased in that regard, so. Yeah, hard to beat. I think I, it was my my best wedding that I've ever been to, and I and I, and I, I say that so. as an, as an unbiased observer. <laughs> I say that as a completely unbiased, very not biased observer. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Oh, do you want to check check this out? You want to the thing that everybody loves talking about is the the gifts that they got for their wedding. Sure. Check, I got a couple of really amazing things. My yeah. my soccer team that I led in Bible study for three years. They got me an official Tulsa men's soccer jersey. Wow. Which is such a cool gift. That's so like, nice. They went to the coach and they were like, "Hey, coach, Ethan. You know, like I know him and he knows who I do, what I am. He's Catholic. He's like, sure, he, yeah, he, all these things." And they said, "Hey, can we spend some team money on like buying a jersey?" And Tom's like, "Oh no, I'll pay for it myself." And he like paid wow. for my jersey, and they like gave it to me and they gave me like a nice scarf that I'm gonna hang up. You know, all these things. So that was like super, super meaningful. That's awesome. Uh, another one, Andrew Business Jordan. Uh, patron of the Crunchcast made yeah. me a belt. Did you see that? No. He like leather worked a belt. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it has our like wedding date stamped into the into nice. the leather. Yeah. yeah, super cool. And then the the it's not maybe not the best one, but I think it's it's my favorite so far. There we go. You ready? <sighs> it's a, this is a show and tell. Yeah, gotcha. All right, they gotta gotta get the, the lid off here. All right. Oh yeah, I was wondering what that was. I didn't open it. Can you? I'm gonna adjust the camera here. I can't see it. Oh, it's a typewriter. Ding. Slide. <laughs> Come on, this is the coolest thing ever. That's so cool. It's like a real functioning typewriter. That's that amazing. One of my one of my students restores them and then sells them for money. Yeah. And he just gave me this one. And like he he wrote me a whole letter like on the typewriter and it was in it like when I when I got it and it was like so cool. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Now I have a freaking typewriter. It's basically a laptop. I can just carry it around everywhere. It fits in my backpack. <laughs> take it to take it to a coffee shop. Coffee just, shop. It's just, like, hey, there's no Wi Fi here. <laughs> 
the thing's actually super heavy. Oh it's, my it gosh. Not, yeah, it no, is it's, not, it's, it, it is, is not, not very portable. It is not portable. Tom Hanks collects typewriters. I don't know if you knew that about good old TH, but uh, he brings them with him everywhere he goes. Like whenever he travels for a movie, he like hmm. brings a couple of typewriters with him. And the reason I know that is because when he got COVID, he posted a picture of his typewriter that he brought hmm. with him to Australia, and it was a it was a Corona brand. It was a Corona <laughs> yeah. brand typewriter. typewriter. That's funny. That's all I think that I want to say about my wedding. I don't know if there's yeah. anything else. I think it was just a yeah. I'll never be able to forget the the thing that I talked about when I got up and spoke just that when I turned around cause the whole wedding you face like the Lord obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you like kiss and then you turn around and like, I don't know, just that moment where I really saw how many people were actually there. I'm never going to forget that. That was so, so yeah. powerful and so crazy. I love what you said at the end, like during your little speech, your impromptu speech. Thank you about, you know, this is what heaven is supposed to feel like the little slice of heaven. Yeah. It was great. It was yeah. really meaningful. And I was like, that's my boy. I literally, I literally had this moment where I was like, I think I might have said this to you. I think I said it to your dad. Um, but what's what's the difference? What's the difference? I I thought I was like I was like there was this, there was a moment where um, no one was dancing, and you just jumped out into the middle of this empty space, mm-hmm. and you did that little crouch thing you do where you crouch and you dance, and all of a I sudden don't... everyone I think it was like your brothers went in first because they know <laughs> they know. <laughs> what's about to happen and then like everyone else came in and i was like that's just like how that's just who you've been for the past several years and just who you are is like you're just Mm. like courageous enough to go into the middle of it and be like everyone come join me and you just bring everyone with you like that's what you did at your first focus conference you brought all those people with you that's what you did when you were actually a focus missionary that's just the kind of person that ethan is you know you bring people into things you make them feel a part of it Thanks, Even Matt. an inside joke about with your brothers about that with that song. I don't know what yeah. it was. I, I googled it, but I don't know the words. I know it's it's really hard because I don't even know how to spell <laughs> it. It's a uh, oh, thumping. On. I'm just kidding. It's I wish <laughs> I get knocked down. <laughs> it's called Weizsein Nubinen. Oh, it's German. It, no, it's Dutch. I'm huh. I'm go- I went with the German pronunciation because I don't know the Dutch pronunciation. Um, but it's a it is a. A fantastically wonderful uh, hard dance tune <laughs> to the tune of whatever that thing is with the I I I I I am the Frito Bandito. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the word. <laughs> but what's that from? I don't know. <laughs> Is that not the original? I'm pretty sure that's not the original. Uh, what's the what's the original uh, one? Uh, I, uh, the fr- uh, I am the Frito Bandito. <laughs> um that was like an old I'm not even old enough to know that the Frito corn <laughs> chips ad. Um what they tried the to do a hamburger thing. <laughs> <laughs> they tried something. to do a hamburger, a Mexican hamburger, but for uh, corn chips instead of cheeseburgers. Oh, yes. rare politically incorrect Frito Bandito song. Yes, I don't know how. I don't know how I. It's been imprinted onto my memory. But the uh, the National Mexican American Anti Defamation Committee and others prompted an update to the character. His gold tooth and stubble were eliminated, and his hair was combed. The character was retired in 1971. Um, what is the song? 
What's the Control F song? The character was voiced by Mel Blanc. It's it's Chelito Lindo. Is a popular traditional song of Mexico. Yeah. Um. So it's it's the traditional song, like the same melody, but it's it's done in Dutch, um, and it's about a it's about a. Uh, I'm pretty sure why Zijn Nubinen is is a something about a banana. I think <laughs> Binen in uh, uh, what do you call it? In Dutch is a is the word for banana. Wow, this is. Uh... Yeah. This is actually a beautiful song. <laughs> it, oh, it is. It's it's wonderful. This is gorgeous. <laughs> what a sh- what a shame that we made it about corn chips, huh? I my oh my goodness. Yeah, that's I that there's there's very few blatantly. There's not very few. There's actually a lot. There's but this is a many. great this is a great example of just straight cultural appropriation. Oh, absolutely. This is not transformative. This is <laughs> just an absolute like bastardization. This is <laughs> not what we would corn chip. <laughs> You don't need to sell them; they just come in the variety pack. What are you talking I know, about? Exactly. Why do I need to sell Fritos? You don't need chips? a like, brand. What else, am I, what else am I gonna put in my in my freaking chili pie? Right. You know? What am what, I? How, how else am I gonna make called? walking tacos? A walking taco. What is it called when you put it, the the corn chips at the bottom and you put the chili on top? What is the name of that? Frito pie. That's the word I'm looking for. Sure. Frito that pie. sounds awful for your it's heart. It's so. It's. I mean. I'm sure yeah. it's great. Oh, it's great. In I mean, lots of ways. I make I make chili and I put tortilla chips in it so like i don't put the cheetah i put when when i when i get it you know mm-hmm. you know when you have chili oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know when you have chili you like put it in a bowl and then you're like ready to eat it and so you get tortilla chips on the side and you crumble them up you put them in like crackers and soup you know what i mean mm-mm, mm-mm, no you never done that before mm-mm. nope nah, you, ever eat, the you ever eat uh cinnamon rolls with your chili <laughs> no <laughs> Why are you I, laughing? I can't say I have. I mean, I can understand why it would taste good because cinnamon and spice uh, makes Make everything, everything nice, nice, as we learned from okay. the Powerpuff Girls. But right. uh, yeah, and sugar just goes well in everything because it's just in everything. Sugar, Deep. spice, element X. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to think about what that professor was doing. Like he mixing these chemicals doing, huh? with his with his cooking uh, his cookware. You're, you ever just like going through your spike track and you're like garlic powder, onion powder. You ever you ever try to make a girl? You ever just try to do that? <laughs> okay, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, ever try to ever try to like make. Not a only girl. did he did he try to make a girl, he succeeded and made three. <laughs> Triplets. One could con- one could consider that to be even worse. Wh- who? What was he doing? I don't know. What is the Powerpuff Girls it, lore? Who is not- this guy? What's this guy? What's this guy up to? Why yeah. did he know that there was a monkey guy and a I know, and a he weird needed to create. You like, he was intentionally. Was he just trying to make kids, or was he trying to make superheroes, and then, and then just got kids on accident, <laughs> <laughs> or was he trying to make kids and got superheroes on accident? <laughs> like that's the that's the question. Um, let's see here. I I was not a Cartoon Network guy. So that's I was I was not a I was a Cartoon Network guy, but I was not a Powerpuff Girls guy. I was not a Powerpuff boy. I was a Powerpuff boy. Let's see here. Episode one, season one. The Monkey see Doggy Do. Mojo Jojo robs a dog head and unleashes a curse that turns everyone into dogs, including the Powerpuff Girls. So that so the first episode is just it has already established the premise that there is an evil monkey who does evil things and the girls are superheroes that fight him. There's no origin story. There's a Powerpuff Girls live action TV show 
on the oh, CW there is? launching oh. soon. Yeah. L- oh, launching soon. The chick from uh, from the dis- the Descendants. I don't know what that is. The script leaks from this Powerpuff Girls reboot are the worst things I've seen this month, says Xavier's online on Twitter. Um, Blossom's fine. I saw on her Insta that she has a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted, and I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. Buttercup. Coming back here is probably triggering for her. Bubbles. Uh, Why? Because she's the one who killed Mojo? I mean, moveon.org. What? Um, no more, please. Bubbles, please, bubbles. Please Look, we loved being the Powerpuff Girls, but sometimes we wanted to do other things too, <laughs> like in Dirty Dancing. Baby wanted to join the Peace Corps, but she also wanted to be never mind. And her dad didn't get it. Drake, emotional. Jerry Orbach was doing his best to understand. I don't under. I don't. What? Who? Okay, first of all, who's watching the Powerpuff Girls and understands a Dirty Dancing reference? That's what I want to know. Because it, because the Powerpuff Girls came out in '98, right? It was when the first year it came out. So yeah. people born in people born in like '92, '93 are the people that are watching this show. Nobody watched Dirty Dancing after 1990. No, nobody's seen it. Nobody knows. Everybody knows that there's the lift, right? Yep. And the nobody puts baby in a corner. I do because I'm her father. That's it. That's what we know. <laughs> yeah, but everybody also forgets that that's that movie is mostly about abortion. And oh gosh, that sucks. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awful movie. Um, and then the, the Powerpuff Girls. Apparently, he was trying to create the perfect little girl. Yeah. Uh, but accidentally spilled a mysterious substance called Chemical X into the mixture, creating three girl, creating three girls. So that's just all it is. Granting all three superpowers. Uh, yeah, great. I'm really glad that I read those script leaks so that I never have to watch it. I'm really glad that you read it for me so that yeah. i didn't even have to see it with my eyes and i can just eliminate it from my memory here's what we can do we can we can get some cotton balls okay mm-hmm. to stop the bleeding in your ears and then we'll start the topic all right perfect do we know what the topic is <laughs> all right let's go, let's go into the hot take time machine no i'm joking no <laughs> Where? what year is it <laughs> surprise patrick welcome to my hot take time machine welcome to where, 2019 where i grab you by the ankles and drag you into our old bits you want to do tweets that made me sad next? <laughs> that I, We just did. That tweet made me a little sad. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my gosh! What you know what's great? You know what's bit? great? Taking taking childhood television characters, yeah. aging them up, and sexualizing them. I think that's what the people want. I think that's unironically what the people want. Actually, that's why that's why that's why no one should go on Reddit. I have so few opinions about the entertainment culture. <laughs> it's to the point where it's like, it, it, is it, it even worth critiquing anymore? No, it's not because the critique is self evident. You've taken little cartoon superhero women. 
Yeah. Made them live action, made them sexual, and are now selling it to just everyone. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not even, you don't even have to, I don't even have to make an argument. I can just say what they're doing. And then people are like, oh, you know, like they, they took, they made a, they made the first suicide squad, but then nobody liked it. So they just made another suicide squad, called it the same thing. And they're making just as much money. It's like, what, what? Yeah, Why? I don't understand. I saw that. Is it because, like, wh- are they doing a multiverse thing? Or how are they, like, what's the internal logic there? I think the internal logic is we wanted to do it, but the studio controlled it too much, and the fans were so annoying. So we're going to make another one because everybody's begging us to make another one, and we're just going to make as much as we did with the first one because people are going to line up to buy, see these things, and no matter what, what we do, we'll make them crappy, we'll make them good. Everyone will come and watch them. So it doesn't matter as long as, yeah. as, long as Margot Robbie's in it, we're good to go. I know it's like what is happening the only thing one exception y'all know what I'm about to say it's the Dune movie (laughs) I will be I will be in attendance of the Dune movie I will not be reading anything about the Dune movie before or after I see it I'm just going to go see it and then think my own thoughts about it and then move on I'm very excited to watch it I'm not going to let anyone take that away from me that's I, so the good thing about the Dune movie is that it's been postponed so long that the we hype are is both massive. now. First of all, the hype is massive, but also we are both in a financial position where we I could actually fly to Oklahoma City and watch it with you. I thought you were going to say we're both now in a position where we're old enough to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you could do that. I, I'm probably I, I want to. I think we should go see it together. Well, I was going to go see it with my wife. Well, our wives can come too. You, Phoebe wants to see Dune. I think I think if Emma goes, we can convince Phoebe. To go I think see that's Dune. fair. I think that's fair. We'll just tell her that there are some plants in the movie, and she'll be like, "Oh, great, I'm in." Great, I'm in. <laughs> is, it, has Emma read Dune? Is we, she as into it as you are? We won't. We won't tell Phoebe that the movie is about how there's no plants on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> there's no and plants. That's, that's why the but they, they talk about plants. Sure, they talk but, about it, but, but there's no plants. Emma has not read it, but she knows how much I love it and loves it because I do. Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, yes. I think I think I think Phoebe's in that position as well. So if I if I hype it to her, there we go. I just I just can't hype any other movie because the only the only uh, film franchise and don't judge me on this because you know Dune is going to be the exact same thing as this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the only thing that I get hyped about. Dune is not going to be the exact same thing as the. Marvel it's gonna. Cinematic they're trying Universe. to do the exact same thing. The difference is is that if you get more than two movies in to the Dune Cinematic Universe, you have to make your main character kill sixty billion people. you know it took them it took them 20 movies to create a villain to do that whereas the timothy chalamet would have to be the one to do it yeah and it's like i don't know if that sells (laughs) maybe they're not going to do that i think they might make i think they might make two dune movies dune one part one and part two i'd be happy if they just did part one part two and then they just did the first one because after that that would be great after that you can get into some really weird like 60s and 70s like psychosexual stuff that Frank Herbert was writing about. And it's like, this is weird. I see what you're trying to do, but also calm down. Frank. Well, Herbert. I mean, you have, you have the same things. And if you're ta- if we're going to talk source material for the yeah. Marvel comics, you have the same thing where it's like a new writer comes on board. So it turns out that everything was a dream in another time, another timeline in an alternate dimension. Sure. Um, inside Marvel, the mind just of have, Dr. Doom, you know, you just have so much because there's so many writers and there's yeah. so much content that you can pull from almost anything, anything and yeah. make it canon, you know, whereas with Dune, there's only six books, you know? Sure. It's like, 
And but the, they're 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 yeah. doing that. They 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 introduced the I, I think they introduced the new Thanos in the TV show Loki, which I think what? is really interesting. First of all, there's a new. Th- why did, what 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 was wrong with the old Thanos? So okay, so like a basic a basic principle of of episodic storytelling is you have to raise the stakes every time. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't go lower than the previous stakes. Right. And so there has to be a higher stake than the Avengers. And they actually they did it in they did it in Avengers. And they did it in Avengers Infinity War to Avengers Endgame. Thanos mm-hmm. part one in Infinity War was, I'm going to kill half of the universe. Yes. And then in number two, he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill the whole universe. And then everyone's like, no, that's no, worse. Don't do it. And so the only logical step then is there need, in order, to, in order to prevent saving the universe, right? The Avengers were saving the world before, you know, or no, sorry. They were saving the, they were saving New York first. Then they mm-hmm. saved the world. Then they saved the universe. The only next logical step is the multiverse. And so. Right. But that's the thing is once you raise the stakes that high, you start alienating your popular audience because the average person is like, I don't get it. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. Yeah. So like, cause it, I'll, I'll start explaining it. So they introduced Kang the Conqueror, who is a, uh, according to what I've looked into, he's a multi-dimensional timeline conqueror who conquers timelines. And the one that they introduced was actually, there's different variants of him. The one they introduced was the good one who wants to maintain one timeline, but then Loki, L- Lady Loki, so an alternate version of Loki, kills Kang the Conqueror, the good one. And so, because the good one is gone, and he was the only one keeping the bad ones at bay, now there's an evil Kang the Conqueror who's going to be the villain in the new. See, so no one's going to watch that. Exactly. Movie. I don't know. So, at what point do we just say, like, Marvel or DC Comics or whatever the popular thing is, like, you're so far up your own ass that this is not good anymore? Because, like... I understand. I don't think it's not good. I think I would say that that if you did that, it's bad. You know, like it's not. If you have to have so many different angles and this thing and that thing and this thing, and it's like it, it just it's no longer a story. It's just like how many ways can we confuse the audience and have people tricked into thinking that because there's more complexity, it's actually a, a good story. You know, like, that's true. Yeah, there there was so much. I think postmodern. I think Marvel kind of kind of ruined the TV shows by releasing Wandavision first. Because I don't know if you remember all the hype around WandaVision. I do not. It was it was very like the first two episodes were just Wanda as a like a TV character, and we we're like, what's going on? Aren't these characters? Isn't he dead? Like, what's going on? Um, and the whole point of the show was what's happening, and I think they I think they did it really well. Um, and there were a bunch of like you know fan theories and all this stuff, but then with like Falcon and Winter Soldier. There were no fan theories. It was just, you know, basically like an episodic, like a procedural. Who's the villain of the week, right? And then um, now they have like Marvel What If, where it's like they're in, like, what if Captain America was actually Peggy Carter? What if Peggy Carter was Captain America or Captain, yeah. you know, whatever? Yeah. And um, so it's it's like I think I think the the TV shows are getting are getting uh, worse. They I think they did the best one first. But you're right. It's it, they they're relying on a basic convention of storytelling, which is uh, keep the audience in the dark yes. and then throw a plot twist in at the end. Mm-hmm. But I do think because they're, because it's a successful franchise, they're able to hire writers who can pull that off. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there, there's just the, uh, the, the fan theory problem is what I have a problem with, right? Is the fan theories. It's, it seems as if they're, and I guess it's, it's no no problem to me if a certain entertainment outlet wants to make stuff for a certain populace. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's okay. <laughs> but, 
They, um, they, you can, you, the populace can have their movie. The populace can have their thing. Treat. Yes. But remember that Twitter meme? I do remember that Twitter meme. <laughs> it's not good storytelling. And it's they, not, they peaked. They peaked, right? And they so definitely peaked. They peaked and they need to be done. But my concern is, okay, this is all happening and it'd be fine if this was like a self-contained thing that I could just keep it over there. Keep it in the garage, which is right here, which you now mm. know because you've been to my house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, But it's the effect that it's having on everything else. Mm-hmm. Every other TV show, every other book, every other, like there's, this is why I feel like it's so important for us to emphasize just the need of reading and understanding the classics because- modern media is just getting so warped and twisted, not because of immorality, but just because this need to feel like everything has to have multiple dimensions and multiple plot twists and multiple, like what, what is hap- Like why do, that's my question is why is that becoming this big thing in media now? Like what is, what is the cultural draw to that kind of storytelling? Cause obviously it's working and it's selling, but mm-hmm. like what is the underlying like philosophical principle that's making people crave being kept in the dark and wanting the big plot twist and wanting the multidimensional and wanting to be confused. Like well, where does that I mean, come from? You know, that that's like that there's, there's a payoff there. I don't think, I don't think the, the plot is the problem. I, I think what draws people to things like the MCU mm-hmm. um, or the MCM. Now it's the Marvel cinematic multiverse. Ooh, oh, ooh, ooh. Um, boo, big fancy. Um, I think what draws people to that is we do crave continuity. Okay. And going into a movie theater and knowing these are the characters in one sense it's safe and that's bad because like mm-hmm. you should explore but in another sense it's something that's never been done before um to the extent and to obviously there's nothing new under the sun but it's something that's that has not been done to this degree before i mean there there i mean there there's so, the problem with like i the Infinity Saga, as it's been tried to be branded by the mm-hmm. by Marvel Studios, nice, is nice. is amazing. I, I think it's very good. I, I I was I was telling I was telling Phoebe you walked out of Infinity War, and I was like, I think that in decades in in future decades, like that ending is going to be the Star Wars Episode Four that we talk about and our kids reference. Like all of them, like all those people, like we like we didn't. No one saw that coming. The the Avengers lost. That was a big plot twist. That you know, obviously was foreseeable, but like it was, it's not exactly creative, but I think that's the point. They weren't trying to like blow your mind with a plot twist. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going off. I'm going off track. Uh, uh yeah. I think okay. if they had, if they had just finished it, if they just ended it where they ended it, like mm-hmm. literally end game, I was telling Phoebe, I was like, I feel like everything after this feels like fan fiction. Yes. Um, because it's just, it's in perpetuity. There's no, there's no end game. They're so not going speak. anywhere. They're not, doing they're not going anywhere. It's just entertainment for entertainment's sake. Like they're not telling a story. They're trying to keep people engaged hooked. with yes, yeah. yes, yes, hooked. That's the right word. And it's not, and it's not working. I love Marvel, but it's like I literally did not care about Loki. Like I was like so not into it. I was like, fine, it's another episodic cliffhanger every week. You know, fine. I was real. WandaVision was great. It happened to coincide with my day off, so I watched it every week. But like Loki was moved to Wednesdays, and I was like, screw it, I'm not doing. It. <laughs> you know, like here's my question. It's just, it's so crazy to me that this is like the defining thing of our, of my adolescent slash like young adult years mm-hmm. was the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it's just crazy. Like I just, you wouldn't expect it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's my question is. It, Especially because Avengers was so okay. Yeah. It was very popcorny and very goofy. 
the what they did was very impressive just considering how movie studios work and how difficult it is to get millions and millions of dollars all oriented in the same direction for more than 10 tech, 10 seconds at a time, you know, like yeah. the, the sheer collaboration that it, and the, in the vision and the patience that they had, like that's actually getting the actors right. to stay in place. Yes. You know? <laughs> that's impressive. Except for, uh, uh, the, the guy that Don Cheadle replaced. Uh, sure. And also the Terrence Hall, Howard. And, yeah. Yeah. And also Edward Norton. Here's my question to you. Is a string of 20 movies that are six out of 10 to eight out of 10, just because they all connected, does that make the series a 10? You know, some is great. The the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. My opinion. Also, I don't, I don't think that eight out of 10, I think that's being a little too cynical. I don't think it is. You don't think so? No, because I think when we view, when we watch black Panther or whatever, what is your favorite one? Pick which favorite one? Which is which black Panther is really good. I know. It's really good. What is it? Guardians of the galaxy. I'll give I'll I'll take a I'll take a knock off of Black Panther because it was basically oh look the bad guy is the same as the, the right. good guy but his suit is yellow. Um, the first Iron Man. Ant Man did that. Iron Man did that. You know, I I honestly I don't know which one is my favorite. Let's pick. I, let's just pick a, a safe bet. Is Captain America Winter Soldier? So let's one. say That's a good one. let's say but if you take Captain America Winter Soldier, and it's like okay what is this? It's an action movie, and it's uh, kind of a mystery. And it's kind of like a guy who's who's on the run, you know. It's like take that you compare it to a movie like Die Hard, you know. It's like Die Hard beats out Captain America: Winter Soldier every time, you know. Like there are yes, it does, it does. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, like I think that's just objectively, just from a storytelling standpoint, from a uh, endurability standpoint. Like yeah, but then you look at you look at the Die Hard franchise compared to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the Die Hard franchise about, sucks. We're not talking about franchises. Like I think that's yeah, the problem like, is like we're just all but it's just oh it's no, everything but it's is because it's because franchising forever has always been a cash grab, and Marvel yes. was a cash grab, but it was also good. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Do you know? Do you know how many people passable. care about Die Hard Four? You know how many people care about Avengers Four? I'm not saying that anybody should Dude, care about time, Die Hard Four. For the first 4. time ever, sequels have actually been on the highest grossing. You know, like you remember? Have you seen to Toy Story Two? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sequels have been good in the past. But like, what I'm saying is, Star Wars, Marvel was good. For Indiana the first, Jones. Like, yeah Sorry. no i think okay i think i think indiana jones is a really good example of how sequels can be cash grabs and they can destroy a franchise but i don't think franchising is bad franchises like when movies have sequels they're not inherently bad when they're apparently cat when they're apparent cash grabs and they have no actual story value that's bad but like marvel didn't do that i, th- I think it's totally fine i think it's totally fine for marvel to be like a cultural mm-hmm. linchpin right i think it's totally fine for it to be a cultural keystone I don't I think, think no, I don't think it is. Why are we okay with that? I think it's fine because because it just it's it's very um Do you know how much talent it took okay. to do all of that? All right. yeah. Like the Russo brothers are incredible. Okay. Sure, the, sure. They directed they directed Captain America two, three, so Civil War, Winter, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then the two Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. And they did a phenomenal job. Also, they're they used to work on community, so I, I like So them. you love them. I love them. They're great. Um so they have that they have that like Dan Harmon story circle, mm-hmm. you know, in their brains. But I I don't know. I think hmm. I have a question. Yeah, sure. What what sh- what ought a cultural linchpin be? I think is a better question. Yeah. Than debating because it's clear that Marvel is. And I'm trying to say that it shouldn't be. 
You're trying to say that it's okay that it is. But like what ought it be? What ought it be? <laughs> um hmm. Cuz that's what I'm trying to get at with this whole thing is all the franchising and the in the professional fan fiction and the the way that people have this tendency to just get obsessed with with Tom Hiddleston. It's like this is all really weird. And like yeah. nobody nobody says that it's weird because it's it's the most popular thing. And it's like, okay, it's all right if you don't watch Loki, but you can't tell me that Loki's bad because obviously look at how much they care about the fans. It's like, well, that doesn't matter. You know, like mm. why, why is, why does it just get to be absolved from, from those criticisms? Because, because Loki's bisexual, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was a, I don't think that was a plot point in the, I thought it was no. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, Oh wait, maybe it was. I don't sure. remember. I was passively watching. I'm actually which, not going to Google Loki bisexual and yeah. move on with my day. The the I I do I do think Loki did something very funny because the character um falls in love with the female version of himself. I think that's a very funny narcissism thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's funny. I think that was clever, and I will not I will not apologize for that thought. You're allowed to think uh, it's funny. What what ought a culture? Okay, so here's the thing. The fir- my first the Bible. <laughs> Can't, can't compare it to the Bible. You can't compare it to uh, the Bible. Is popular art okay? Like it's okay to do popular art, right? It's okay to have popular art. Here's here's my question. Do you think that the only good movies need to be standalone films? No. I don't okay. think it has anything to do with the sequeling and the franchising. Sure. Okay. I think it has everything to do with just because this movie is a part of this well connected thing, yeah. that doesn't make this individual movie better than other movies of its type. I that's, see. That's what I I'm understand saying. your point now. So you're you're like let's look at let's look at the Marvel movies and the genres they try to emulate. We even just like, like analyze them as as movies. Like are these are these good movies? Are they good art, or are they just relying too heavily on the fact that it's all connected? Um, I understand what you're saying. I hear and respect you. Thank you. Um, you're allowed to disagree, but you're going to be wrong. If you're I right. think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree. People need to have more original thoughts, which is why, you know who I hate the most? I hate Dante. He kept ripping off Greek mythology and no. what an idiot, You're you know, not allowed to do get this. your own stories. You're not allowed to do this. You know, stop, stop, stop taking, stop taking there's, from the Aeneid there's and nothing have an wrong. original, have an original thought. No, no, there's no such thing as an original thought. I'm not saying that there, it needs to be purely just a complete brainchild of whoever is writing that movie. <laughs> Everything's a retail. I mean, there's only seven stories, right? That, whatever that book is, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, the, truly, there's really only one story, which is the story of of of, of God pursuing man, right? And everything yes. everything comes out of that, you know. And so, I don't care if you use archetypes in your story. What I care about is <laughs> when we, as a culture, decide that something has more value because it's a part of uh, something larger. And and don't allow any other culture to define or any other like media to define the culture. I think that's like a problem. You know, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's because I see this. We're doing the Bible cast, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Bible cast, you see, or just the Bible in general. You don't look at the Bible cast, but if you look at the you Bible, don't look at a Bible cast. Yeah. If you look at the Bible, you see this interwoven tapestry, yeah, of thousands of years of interconnected history that culminate in the coming of a person who was the God man who began a church 
which then changed all of civilization until the end of time, right? Like, this is beautiful, grand story. And so I guess I just take umbrage at the fact that people say that there's this this grand story that defines our our, our cultural moment more and so than that. And it's the MCU. That. And it's the, it's the MCU, which is just like this weird yeah, I see what you're saying. thing that just isn't... Overall, like, yes, it's really cool, but does it communicate truth, beauty, and goodness as much as, I mean, these individual movies that I'm talking about? Like, I think Arrival, the movie Arrival, communicates truth, beauty, and goodness better than any any movie in the MCU, you know? Yeah. But, like, it's not a, it's it doesn't have people that you can dress up as in it, so it's not as big of a deal. You know, like, that's, I, does that make sense I a see what bit? you're saying. I think, I think. This is not well-founded. I've had one beer. It's been a long day. <laughs> I've been out of town all week. I don't know anything about anything. I'm just no, gonna, this is good. I yeah. think this is good because I see what you're saying. The interwoven connected story is in and of itself an archetype. What people love doing is binging YouTube videos on 10 things you missed in Avengers Endgame. You know Rick, what I mean? Rick like, and Morty season five, episode three. <laughs> Easter eggs you might have missed. And it's like the the rick here is holding a finger up this could be a reference to the middle finger which is a symbol that means a naughty word and rick and morty is very edgy as we know um number nine <laughs> right i it's i think we 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 yearn for an interconnected story we yearn for an overarching picture that involves you know the salvation of the world and the universe and a sacrifice and all those things like a, like a personal like a, a final selfless act like we we desire that and it's like that's what's missing from scripture and i think like i i, I tongue-in-cheek mentioned dante earlier i think mm-hmm. dante shows an interconnectedness to the human story from paganism to christianity that is mm-hmm. just is just genius yes uh it's just incredible and the fact that those those archetypes Odysseus and you know um Clement what's her name Clymenestra I don't remember the um with his own like with his own flavor literally adding in the girl that he liked into mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. I think that's 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 cool right that's something that can that's something that can continue the interconnectedness of the story um that transcends time in a way that Marvel doesn't because even though it's an interconnected story I think it is self-contained it's not I, I don't think the problem is that things aren't self-contained. I think the problem is that things are self-contained. Yes. Uh, yes. The, it's it's so self-contained that it can't be improved by someone who's not Can I say this? on the payroll. Yeah. I, I love this because it's the thing that they say at youth conferences all the time. It's like you're casting your desire for the infinite at something that is finite, right? And that's the problem with human sin always. But it's the problem with like what our culture is looking for is because we've completely eliminated God in favor of, of science and technology and intellectual property and, and, and yes, and intellectual property. And so there's, yeah. there's this desire for something big. There's this desire for something grand. There's this desire for something that has more meaning outside of just what itself is. And instead of actually creating a life and creating a culture that is that thing, which is what we could do. Mm-hmm. We're like, let's watch these 18 movies. <laughs> It's and that's 23 so whatever it is i don't care how many it is it's 22 because the hulk doesn't count yes but the, do you see what i'm do you see what i mean like yes i love what you're saying about dante i'm reading c.s lewis's the space trilogy right now and holy crap you know like yeah the 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 things that he pulls from 
so obviously C.S. Lewis was a was a a scholar about uh, like medieval literature. You know, like he knew all kinds of things about all sorts of things. He went and to Oxford he, when they still taught that at Oxford. He was he went to Oxford. He was an expert in. I mean, he loved the scripture he believed in jesus christ fully and wholeheartedly he knew all this poetry and this prose and all the way back to the to the ancient like texts and stories of english literature and he's able to weave all that together to a story about a guy who goes to space you know like and (laughs) it's that's really cool and it's really amazing and it's i don't know just reading reading it it makes me reflect and think about like the kind of life that I'm living and how connected I am to everything before and after me. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that the, the infinity saga and then all of this other junk that's coming after it, it's like, what is it? What is it pointing to other than itself? And, and a vague notion of being friends with your friends, you know, <laughs> <laughs> believing in yourself, believing in yourself. Like, I think the fact that it's so vacuous is what really just drives me up the wall, I guess. Yeah, it it isn't. There really isn't much there beyond what's there. Right. What's noticeable. It's not bad that it's popular. Popular art is not bad. Vacuous popular art destroys cultures. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think you're wrong in saying that. No, I do. I do think I do think that it's, it's interesting because like in order to reach such a broad audience, you have to reach everyone from like maybe eight years old. Mm-hmm. Let's say 13. Cause some of them are PG 13. Yeah. Let's see you have to reach everyone 13 years old to like 80 years old, which means you have to, you know, keep things simple enough for someone who's 13 years old to understand it. And you also have to keep things adult enough that people that are older than that will laugh. Uh, and the 13 year olds will laugh because they think that they're getting They're in on a secret joke because they know what sex is. Um, and yeah, no, I think that, I think that, there things that have broad appeal have to take things that have broad appeal have to take uh concessions you know they have to they mm-hmm. have to lessen they have to lower their quality in order to reach it's Everyone. like am radio it's you have like, to lower the quality exactly like am radio. it's exact you have to lower the quality in order to reach a broader audience and that's fine for certain things it's fine for talk radio it's not good for music so it's the stuff that the stuff that inspires you you can't you can't broadly reach it. You can't make it go broad because it's like it may withstand the test of time and then go broad, but it's like you can't you can't try and make it go broad on your own. Like the like the like the Divine Comedy, it's like that had a very specific reach. Dante's Dante's audience was not the entirety of humanity. Dante's right. audience were people who understood the inner workings of his section of Italy's politics. Yes. He had he had Italian politicians in hell and in heaven based on what he thought of them. You know, like mm-hmm. You got to know what now, the Welfs now, and the Ghibellines were up to. But now his audience is, is what I mean. The all of all of history that's come after him, you know. T. S. Um, Eliot said Shakespeare and Dante divide the world between them. There is no third. That's how highly T. S. Eliot thought of Dante. And exactly, exactly. And so the. So my question is. For something like Marvel, I think I, I'm like Marvel is a as a is a signpost for all of the other stuff that fits in with that. Right. The DC EU stuff, the, uh, modern, like crappy kids movies that aren't really like the crudes. <laughs> <laughs> There's always an apple. 
there's always a Samsung, and then you have the Microsoft phone. You know what I mean? Yes. You got the you got the thing that just blows up mm-hmm. and does it the best, yes. and then you have the pale comparison, and then you have all the little people all running the little after people. the Cricket yeah. Mobile, if you will, and the yeah. Because in in my in my question of like what what makes the Crudes different from what makes what makes Avengers Endgame different from the Crudes, mm-hmm. um, besides just the fact that Avengers Endgame will probably last longer in cultural memory, mm-hmm. will it last? It'll last a lot longer than the Crudes. Will it last as long as Star Wars? Will it last as long as Casablanca? Mm-hmm. Will it last, you know? Um, I'm worried that the answer is money. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried that, like, if the Croods had the budget that Marvel did, they would have. it would have been great and everyone would remember it because everyone they would have. remember the Croods. I'm worried, I'm worried that the answer is marketing. <laughs> Can you imagine um, a world where the Croods and, and Marvel are inverted? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Everyone's, like, dressed up as cavemen. But, no, it's funny because the... There's that famous there's that famous example of George Lucas who sold the movie rights but kept the merchandise merchandising mm-hmm. licensing because he knew that's where the money was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and the fact that like I think one of the reasons why Star Wars is so successful is because of the merchandising. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm also afraid that that's the same is true for Marvel. And the and the fact is that unless you can merchandise yourself, you're you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be um, successful in the long run your 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 art is not going to reach a point of zenith mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist double z words yeah i and the reason i bring that up is because it's a it's a principle of li- of post-liberalism that marketing is money wasted mm-hmm. any any money spent on marketing is money wasted um the the reality is if you're if the service that you're selling is is good enough word of mouth will spread and the people around you who need to know that you sell that product will know. Uh, but the, but artificially trying to generate traffic to your website or to your online store is, um, is, is ultimately money wasted. It doesn't, marketing doesn't produce any value in the economy. It just, it just, it, in fact, you could say it's a net loss because you have all these people that are being advertised to. Mm-hmm. And while you're in the process of being advertised to, you also, you can't at the same time produce value while you're being advertised to. Yes. Uh, and so I'm worried that, so all of this is to say, I'm worried that we're coming to a point where the only, the only way that you're going to be able to reach a, the Dante status with mm-hmm. your art is if you're able to pump a bunch of money into something that's ultimately meaningless. The art might be meaningful, yeah. but the marketing makes it meaningless. Mm-hmm. The, we're, we're, we're not we're not recognizing the fact that Avengers Endgame is beautiful. It's a it's, gorgeous movie. It's a good looking movie. That these movies are there because like when you critique movies, it's not just story. It's also right. like it's special a visual effects. Medium. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's amazing. Yes, what they were able to do, and the writing is also incredible, and like all this stuff, and and you can tell they got better. Like Avengers One sucked. It was basically like a comic book came to life, and it was like now I'll get you Loki because I'm Captain America, and it's like huh, okay, uh, move on. But then like now Captain America actually has like a personality. He's hiding something from Iron Man. He's like you know he's he's he has a moral quandary like do i tell him that my best friend killed his parents you know that sort of thing <laughs> you just dropped so much knowledge on me and then you went into a five minute thing about avengers and i completely forgot all the <laughs> i talked the, about how marketing makes so. things useless and okay it seems to be a distinctly like modern american problem you know like yeah the fact that we need 
like the things that endure endure because of merch like <laughs> which is just the the evidence of like a decadent bourgeois society right that's why that's why we don't look way to way to blend your ross do thought with your uh, brandon i know Finley. that's what i love um, i'm all about i love that is yeah. it do that's why we don't that's why we don't sell merch not because we can't but because we choose not to ross doubt hat is what i call him do do thought do thought is it do thought do that i don't know i think they both he'll, make, he'll never he'll, he'll never, never listen to this part. he'll never know but i mean i don't think he makes a bad argument right no, i don't think so either when he I talks about the dunking on him right okay there's a reason that they're both kind of in this post-liberal strain of thought, even if Brandon McGinley is more there than Ross is. But sure. um, it's hard to be post-liberal when you write for the New York Times. It is indeed. <laughs> um, but the fact that there's just so much, like we don't even see it. Like I, people just, the crazy thing, right? We're about, I, I, I just got married, right? I want to have a kid soon. Okay. That's like, I'm very excited to have a child you know like that's it's one of the reasons why i got married it's like all right i want to start a family you know very very obvious i see all these kids walking around merched to the teeth oh indeed yeah and it's like a three-year-old or a four-year-old or two-year-old wearing you got you got you got that paw patrol lunchbox paw patrol lunchbox star wars shirts um avengers uh uh uh, crocs you know like it Name another one because you just mentioned three Disney properties. Isn't uh, that fun? That's terrifying. Isn't that awful? Disney Disney owns Disney owns thirty three percent. Disney owns thirty three percent of the studios in Hollywood, and the next highest only owns like I think fifteen percent. Isn't that nuts? It's kind of crazy. They own twice as many as their next competitor. Ha! That's not good. (laughs) No, 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 no. Liberalism was not a mistake. That's why we need more liberalism to fix all the problems with liberalism. Okay, we need. We need more capitalism to solve all of capitalism. <laughs> who, who wrote that? Uh, Patrick Deneen. That's right. Um, and I think about the effect that that has on these children mm-hmm. is that they they grow up in a merched world, you know? It, and even if they maybe don't have a ton of merch, they all that's all their their friends are wearing or their all that their friends are playing with action figures in and of themselves it used to be you could just make a kid like a thing that slightly looked like a human out of like rags and wood <laughs> you know and they'd be yeah, like yeah you watch the shows and like jesus makes a doll for this girl out right, of like she loves straw. it or or they were they were animals right like it was yeah. you didn't have to brand the zebra because the zebra already was like holy crap it's a striped horse that's amazing i want to <laughs> play can, with that where do you get those it's a, it's a giraffe it's a horse with a long neck Look, it's a and hippo. It's a fat horse. Like, there's so many different <laughs> kinds of horses to play so with. So many different kinds of horses. <laughs> a the, fluffy horse. It's a dog. A scary bad horse. It's a cat. It's a cat. It all <laughs> okay, so. All four-legged animals are horses. And every 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 kitchen utensil is a table. Yes. A ver- variety of tables. This is, this is why I'm afraid I think I have to buy and, and read the Benedict Option um, and then move to Oklahoma City and we start a homeschool co-op so our kids never have to go to school you, and see all their friends with their branded, merched-out lunchboxes. Well, and, let, let me tell you something. You don't have to start a co-op because there's already one going. You can wow, just, incredible. You can just join one. Um, you just join it. I would love to do that. <sighs> I would love to teach theology to a bunch of little kiddos. Wait, that's what I do for my job. Never mind. It, it makes it all come into focus of how difficult the task of mission in America actually is. Right. Oh, because, gosh, yeah. because there's no way to merch the gospel in a way that can compete with 
anything else, right? The reason these while retaining the integrity while of the retaining gospel. the integrity of the gospel, all these things are so powerful and so popular because they're all over the place. Everywhere you look, it's it's the and what I said about decadence, right? It's this excess wealth that we've generated that we've poured into the intellectual property, mm-hmm. which is which is such an interesting phrase because the way traditionally to build wealth over generations is to acquire real property, otherwise yeah. known as real estate. <laughs> okay. Yes. Capital. Uh, capital, right? Like that. Or uh, skills. <laughs> yes. And skills, preferably yes. capital and Capital skills. and skills, right? And that's how you were able to provide for your family and hand on things down to your children, or at the very least work for somebody else. <laughs> Yes. But now our excess wealth doesn't go into uh, building things or making things or or investing our time and energy into things that have valuable dividends. It's it's all it's like I'm gonna get Black Panther Crocs for my son. It's like no, wh- what? No, I I want to go a different direction. Do you want to know how billionaires spend their money? They spend their money valuing companies at really high prices. And mm-hmm. funneling money into them so that they can lose money so they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. That's what billionaires do. Yeah, it's cool. Did you know that you can, you know that you can like, there, this is, this is, I, I knew this before the episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that someone told me about because they were using this as an, as an example. There's an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where one of the, the K sisters, uh, whatever her name is, makes a really bad painting and they convince their mom it's like a really fancy painting and she gets it appraised and the appraiser values it at like, $89 million. $89 million. And so they own something, according to the market, that is worth $89 million. $89 million. Yes. And then they donate it, and so they lose $89 million, and so they get a tax break. <laughs> and I'm like... That's funny. I, People had to, like... The government had to demand that people can't get evicted from their homes during a pandemic, and that just mm-hmm. happens... Mm-hmm. Hold, up, hold up that book again why liberalism failed why liberalism failed <laughs> Wait, first of all i i love that that happened not only does that exist but it's not even they're like doing it in silence they're not even like doing it like secretly closed doors you have to know about the whole right. art thing mm-hmm. this is something that happens on tv and on we're just TV. like yay i, I will watch that. ads so, so that you can make funny. money off of your reality tv show i no, you're totally right it's just it's I, i'm sorry this is kind of devolved no no this is perfect this is exactly where I, I wanted to end up i didn't want to just talk about marvel Right. This is we're putting we're putting our we're putting our time and our money and our 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 we're pu- money is supposed to be a signifier of value. Right. Yes. Yes. It's a signifier yes. of value. Value is something that actually exists. Mm-hmm. Time is, is value. That's something that actually exists. And money is a representation of time, skill, capital, etc. And there are real values that we are associating with the dollar. Right. Or whatever mm-hmm. currency you use currently. Uh, and. We're just putting that stuff, we're putting that that representation of value into stuff that has no value. Mm-hmm. That's a problem because we have too much of it. Yes, we have too much money. There's too much money. Too much money. Um, yeah, people have too much money. And and, and then and then what? Give really, all of your money to the church. What really drives me up the freaking wall is yes, people don't tithe, but then people say like, oh, I can't give money to this poor person. What if he goes and spends it on something ah. that's a waste? You know what I mean? Like that. Patrick's doing lunges. He is oh my gosh. He's standing yeah. and walking. Oh no! Around. What if he goes and buys alcohol? What if with he goes the money? and buys? I'm sorry. What are you going to go do? Pay for your Netflix subscription? Yes, you little capitalist. That's what you're going to do. We we spend all this money on things. I'm that, talking to myself. I, 
<laughs> spending all this money on things that have no value. And then so when, an, when <laughs> he's doing push-ups, when an opportunity comes for people to even, even have the chance of providing value, right. To, to someone who yeah. has no money, they, we turn up our noses and we say, no, I could never, I wouldn't even dream. I'm not going to give my money to that organization. Cause I don't think the they're going to, I don't think they're going to use it well. The average what? churchgoer, not the average person, the average churchgoer in America gives 1.05% of their income to their church. Oh. So if you're tithing, you're doing, you're giving 1,000 times more <laughs> than the average person. Um, that's not true. I, I meant 1,000% more than the average person. I don't, no one checked the math on that. I'm very upset and I need a nap and, and I'm late for work. Are you, no, or you are? No, Sorry. We no, gotta, no, I'm not actually. I'm not actually late for work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I only give your money to stuff that is well, valuable. I don't know. Yeah, seek it's not value. just. It's not just like giving your money to the right places. It's the what's the Christian mindset shift that we can take? Because it's, mm-hmm. I think there's a a huge opportunity to like. I'm looking right now. This cup that I use, you know, it's really upset me. Look at this. It's a Star Wars it's cup. It's a Star Wars cup. Why do I have a Star Wars cup? It's a it's been it was a gift. It was given to me. That's why I have a Star Wars cup. Sure. But the there's so much of it everywhere. And yeah. so that's it, like it's the equivalent of the the altar to the unknown god, right? Like uh-huh. where St. Paul waltzed in and he was like, "I'm this is a thing that you guys all know about. I'm going to use this to talk about the thing that's actually important." Like, sure, yeah. We and then we use that as an excuse to keep binge watching Netflix TV shows, right? Is that what we get to do? That's what people do. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I think no, we got to we... be a part of the culture. That's why I can't delete my Twitter account. No, we don't actually have to be a part of the <laughs> culture when the culture is bad. I read an article recently about a woman in England who uh, converted from Islam to Christianity. I think she's Church of England. Um, we'll get her there. Yeah, I know it's closer than you could be, but. Uh, but she goes and she walks into mosques, right? Hmm. And she finds the imam and she'll walk up to the imam and say, I believe that Muhammad was a false prophet. I believe that Jesus is the son of the father. I believe that there's a triune God. And I believe that he died for my sins so that I might be uh, restored to life with the father. Do you have time to talk about that? <laughs> I love that. And and the imam will say, typically we'll be like, let me finish my prayers and then we can talk. And she's led Bible study with thousands of Muslims and helped over a thousand Muslims convert to Christianity because she That's does cool. the thing that everybody is convinced that we cannot do, which is walk up to somebody and say the obvious thing that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why, why are we so afraid to, if we know what we believe is true? Yeah. That's the last episode of chosen season one, right? Jesus speaks to the woman at the well and She's so excited, right? Because he tells her everything that she's ever done and everything that she's ever, wherever she's ever been. And she runs away and she's screaming. She's yeah. like, guess, guess who's here? It, the Messiah that we've been waiting for, right? He, he, he knows me. He saw me. And he wants to see you and he wants to know you. And she tells everybody. And by season two, everyone's like annoyed, right? They're like, yeah. I know. We already told you. We know. He's we told know, you everything like, hey, he's ever, you've ever right. done. It's really cute. It's yeah, very funny. That. But she wasn't afraid to tell people, right? And it yeah. made an impact on her town. Um, 
obviously that's a bit of a fictionalized version of it. We don't know. You want to talk about? You want to talk about merch? Down. Check out the chosen. They got a merch store, baby. They talk I'm about sure merch they, all the time. I'm sure they do. <laughs> you got to fund it somehow, I guess. But we don't have the faith of the of the woman at the well, right? We have the faith yeah. of of the rich young man, where it's like I'm going to follow Jesus at a distance, and then when he actually invites me to do something that seems to be hard or challenging, I'm going to walk away sad, and I'm going <laughs> to continue doing everything as I have been doing it previously. I'm going to drop my my oh boy my countenance hitting the ground. I'm going to drop that countenance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> don't drop that countenance. Nope. Hey, nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 Uh, that was hilarious. That was everyone's funny. gonna everyone's gonna be like Patrick. We need we need a we need a remix of of don't drop that countenance. <laughs> Thinking of the woman who goes and talks to the to the Muslims, what is stopping you from from talking to our friends that way that boldly? Yeah. I actually think that our culture is is deadly and it's mm-hmm. killing us. Why do you keep watching these shows? Why do you keep listening to this music? Hey, you hate you hate the fact that you hate the fact that there's so many like you know corporate and governmental overlords abusing their power and money hey you ever heard about a guy that uh makes the mountains low and the valleys high mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to hear a guy who, about a guy who levels mountains my man jc <laughs> we've just given up like christians i think generally have and catholics especially have just seen that there's so much power and force behind all of these things that we just say not much I can do about it. It's not that objectionable, right? You know, mm-hmm. except for that it's getting more and more objectionable. But there's elements of it that are, you know, oh, this is fine. This is good. I mean, this is one, this the one sex scene, like the one thing that's, you know, uh, anti-Catholic. You know, but we'll just skip all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but but on the whole, it's like, oh, this is good. And we just we just we just kind of gave up. We just handed the reins over. And. We're not in the driver's seat anymore, and like everybody's all pissed. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not in the driver's seat. What happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we got to take. Too, uh, we can't. We can't focus on. We can't focus on producing culture anymore because we're so. Because we uh, we can't even preach the gospel anymore. We don't. Yeah. We're just so like we became. We became an Elks Lodge. Our parishes became Elks Lodge. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and that's. I mean, that's JP2's whole thing, right? He he really believed that you can't have real culture without the gospel. Hmm. It it was a, it, you can't. That's why his trip to Poland in the 70s was so freaking powerful is because he went and he said, you guys need to have the gospel at the center of everything. And then everyone's like, awesome. And then they got rid of communism. (laughs) (laughs) Just they just deleted it from their life. And the communists were like, crap, we shouldn't have let that guy come to Poland because once he was there, there's nothing we could have done to stop it because he started something we had no control over. JP2 was great. I know we need him to come back. (laughs) <laughs> second coming of Christ. Hold up, we need second coming of John Paul II. Yes. The spirit of JP two. I'm sorry, we talked for a long time about that. But no, 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 no. This is very good. Okay. I don't. Do we have time for a Doctor Ethan's dating? We corner? do have time for a Doctor Ethan's dating corner. That's good to know because we need to we need to leave the people with something good. Yes. And I'll I'll I'm hopefully this is just for you because obviously everyone knows what happened already. But I'll probably get the episode out tomorrow. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> cool. I was like very anxious yesterday. We were like we went to after mass. Me and me and Phoebe went on a little mini date to Red Robin. Oh, I love Red and Robin. It's oh, it's so good. Uh, the black and blue burger, mm, mm. ooh baby, it's so good. And uh, I get the sauce on the side because they put way too much in that. And I was like, Ethan's mad at me. And she's like, read the text message. And I read it, and she was like, that's not. He's you're not. You're fine. Oh, I was definitely. I was trying to do it in a way that could be very obvious that I was like joking, but also curious. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but Cause, cause if I had said, why didn't you upload the podcast? You'd been like, oh, gosh, well, I don't know. 
uh okay let's do uh well let's not do this but let's uh let's let's ask a question answer a question for someone who says hey what's the uh, name of the segment that we're in oh sorry all right you came to the right place you ding dong it's called communication baby <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. Thank you, Catholic Match, for sponsoring another episode of The Crunch. You can sign up for a free profile by going to catholicmatch.com slash crunch, and you can submit your dating question by following at Catholic Match on Instagram and waiting for them to post the link to the for the little little questionnaire thing. Yeah, uh, we're running low it. on questions, so I got to tell Kateri to post that soon because Please. we're running low on questions. We're running low on but questions. this this question comes from Luke, who does not want to remain anonymous. Awesome. So that's fun. He has a question: struggling with chastity. Ooh. Uh, and he knows about the crunch, but he doesn't listen. That's one of my oh, favorites. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, that means that means we that means people know about us. Yeah, yeah. That means we're we're, we're, that we're a we're a cultural. We are a real podcast. We do not we do not merchandise ourselves. We do not anymore. Anymore. Uh, how can you remain chaste with your significant other when you failed in the past? It's difficult to resolve not to sin again when you've already done it multiple times. We regret our actions. But now it's just a slippery slope. Luke. Luke, that's what a great do you think, question. Dr. Ethan? Luke, how often are you going to confession? If the answer is anything less than once a week, you gotta bump that up. Even if even if you don't struggle with chastity that particular week, go to confession once a week. Oh yeah, definitely. the The only way to combat this is to have frank, honest, and open conversations with your significant other, and say, "Here are the things that that trigger me and get me in this mindset and make me want to go down this path. Here are the mm-hmm. things that you do." that put me in this place. Here are the things that I do that put me in this place. I need accountability for both of these things. I'm going to help you hold you accountable against the things that you do. And you got to help me hold accountable to things that, that I do. So honestly working at it with each other. And if you haven't had those conversations because you're scared to, you got, you got to nut up and do that. Because um, you're scared to, or because you secretly want to keep doing or it. Or because you want to see, yes, exactly. <laughs> right. That's, that was the quiet, you said the quiet part out loud. I didn't want to say Yeah, that. sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's very important that it you is. realize that that's um, a, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Also, yes. you're, 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 um, you're, you're made for, uh, you love this person, right? And, uh, you are made for, um, sexual union with another yeah. person. Like, yeah. that's what your body's made for. Totally. Um, and, uh, you're made for right union with a person. So if you were a perfect person, you're, uh, your intellect would be like, this person's not my wife, even though I love them, so I can't desire them in this way. But you still do, so you got to deal with that. Uh, you got to recognize that your desires are healthy and they're not evil, but yes. uh, you're, you also have to recognize that you're kind of working an uphill battle here. So you have to recognize that you, you have, you're a very holy man, but you also have a silly little monkey brain um, that makes you want to do little monkey things, and you don't want to do the monkey things. So you got to be like, hey, I actually secretly want to keep doing this. Um, yep. But I shouldn't want that. Say that out loud. It's actually very helpful. You might also not be a very holy person. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I like to assume. That, I, I um, like to assume that people are holy, Oh, he's too. not a listener, so we don't know. We Our have, no, we have no clue. Yeah. We have no clue. But I was going to say, like, in the interest of just in all complete fairness, how actively are you striving for a life of virtue in other areas? Because virtue begets virtue. So if you're just all you're doing is is sleeping in late, staying up late, uh, not working super hard at your job, not studying super hard in school, um, 
you're you're not eating well you're not exercising uh, you're not trying to attain any kind of human formation you're not ex- you're not forming your mind well with mm-hmm. good things like if you're just kind of lackluster watching, watching garbage watching yeah, the yeah. marvel cinematic universe get out of this podcast the <laughs> if you're not growing in virtue in any other area it'll be really hard to just grow in virtue in this one area that is the hardest area like yeah, when you're already like kind of in that world, it's so hard to just pull yourself out of it. Oh, definitely. when you're not, you have to have a conversion of heart with everything. And so uh, what you need to do or what you can do is everything that Patrick just said, right? Acknowledge the truth of the situation and, and see yourself as you actually are, right? This is why it's good to build a habit of confession in every single week, because then if, and when you do, uh, act out with your significant other. You already have that, that backup and just, you, you know that you can always go and you can go with a priest that you can trust one. That's not going to judge you and not be mad at you. Cause it's, it's hard right? it's challenging. Mm-hmm. But what you can also do is say, well, I, I did fall in this this week once already, right? I'm going to go to confession tomorrow, but what I can do is I can, I can exercise tomorrow morning. Right. And like you have this completely other thing that's in a completely different lane that you can choose the good in. So even if you, you don't choose the good in this thing, you can go choose the good somewhere else. And it might not help the next week or even the week after, but after a while, building virtue in other areas will help you in that one area because you're training yourself to say no to the bad and yes to the good. Another thing, fasting. Gotta fast. Uh, gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. You know who said that? Turbo, the snail in the movie Turbo, about a very fast <laughs> snail. Everybody. That snail is really fast. That snail so fast. That was, We're talking that about was... cultural reticence. That's going to be around forever. And then the Marvel Cinematic News, what if the snail was also bisexual? Yes. Uh, and fell in love with itself. Because <laughs> that's, that's the cultural moment that we're in, is people identifying with someone falling in love with themselves. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I did. I, I. I may. I may have to go back and and check, but I think I do remember something of Loki like casually mentioning that he was bisexual, um, but that shouldn't be a surprise. He was already bisexual on Tumblr. Uh, people already made him that way on Tumblr people because the first Tumblr was the first uh, universe of the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Like I remember, I remember back in Winter Soldier, people were like, "Oh my gosh, I ship Captain America and Bucky," and I'm like, "Guys." Just let a friendship exist. Let like a let 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 like a friendship be. You know, it's uh, maybe like I went time, too far on that one. <laughs> no, that's okay. One time I went to go get a drink with my friend Rory, yeah, and uh, someone came up to us and said, "You guys are such a cute couple." We're just we just can two guys not go have a drink. We did share a dessert off the same plate, so I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that had an effect on what they thought about us. But. I, did, I did slowly roll a meatball across his plate with my nose <laughs> and share a noodle. <laughs> While an Italian man serenaded me and sang a song about the moon. Yeah. I may be confusing Bella Note with That's Amore. When the moon hits your eye. When your that- friend is a guy... <laughs> It's that's amore. Amore. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. 
Well, that's the best we can do. Yeah, uh, that's. I don't. I don't want to do much more than that. We've been podcasting Facebook, for two hours. Facebook.com slash group slash the Crunchcast. If you want to see a picture uh, of my typewriter, go ahead go and up, join over there. Patreon. I expect, I expect. I'll. I'll get myself a typewriter too, and then we will. We will do uh, letters. We will write letters because I don't want to type you a letter and then print it out and then mail it to you. That's awful. That seems stupid. Yeah. Um, I also don't want to. I don't want to handwrite it because then you wouldn't be able to read it. Uh, and then, like, people in the future will have to, like, put it together. Like, well, actually, like, Papyrus 347 says <laughs> that Patrick was thinking this when he wrote, you know. Could you read uh, my letter that I wrote you? Was it yes. legible? Okay. Yes. Good. It's in it's in my it's in my place where I put all letters that I like. Your so memory it, box? No, it's my dress. It's my it's my treasure drawer. No, it's uh, my side table drawer. Nice. It goes in there. I don't have a memory box yet. Yet. The big yet. yet. The big yet. All right. Yeah. Facebook.com slash group slash the crunchcast. Patreon.com slash the crunch. There's another Bible cast coming out soon. Stay tuned. Got to do that. Got to do that. Just got back from my honeymoon. We get, we get to do that. We I already have that. it prepped. So Great. I've been studying. I've been reading ahead. I'm in Leviticus already. So No way. <laughs> yeah. Really? I, I just read Exodus for fun over the past Proud couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. I've just been doing that. Uh, sweet. Well, that's a that's a podcast, baby. Patrick, give me anything else for the people. Uh, s- sell your TV. D- it doesn't it doesn't do anything for you. Let's be honest. When when he s- sell it, just sell your TV. It's probably a really good idea. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.